Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Welcome to Walk It Out. We are a few weeks into the new year and I'm wondering if decluttering was on your list of things you wanted to get done before the beginning of the year or maybe after the year started. For many, me included, December seems like a month of excess. By January, we're ready to break through the clutter and create some breathing room in our lives. At least I know I am for sure. Now, I had hopes of decluttering, but currently my life has very little breathing room. In addition to just finishing up after the holidays, I've also been editing my new nonfiction book, which I'll be excited to tell you more about in coming months. But that has taken a lot of rewriting on many of the chapters, a whole lot of work. Then there are the seven kids that I'm homeschooling, and we're just started back this week, getting back in the homeschooling schedule. And while it's good to have goals, it's important to remember that each season has challenges, and this one has some pretty big ones. Currently, my challenge is caring for my grandmother. For those of you who don't know, my grandma has lived with our family for 18 years. Yeah, she's 88 years old. She's the sweetest thing. I just love her to pieces. But on Thanksgiving Day, she fell in her bedroom, and even though she was checked out so many times by different healthcare professionals, it took them a while to figure out that she actually had a fracture in her back. Yes, she was going for weeks with a fractured back, and we didn't figure it out. I just feel so bad now just thinking about that. Grandma was hospitalized for five days, and then I've been caring for her in my home since right before Christmas. She's able to come home, but she needs 24-7 care. And that means I've been barely able to leave the house, which means I've had to cut a lot from my life. As you can imagine, all the meetings I go to, the errands I've been doing, grocery shopping, things with kids, a lot has had to cut out as we've been taking care of Grandma. But I know it's for a season, and this is a season where I need to be here caring for her. And I know that when I look back in my life, I'm not going to regret this time that I had for her and caring for her and loving on her, and she is so appreciative. And this is one thing that I love about these relationships with people around us. You know, even though she's 88 and can hardly get out of bed and um, has back pain and all these struggles, just see her praying and praising God and just being so thankful really has meant a lot to me. And today we're going to be talking about um, just how things change in our life and how sometimes during our season it's a time to declutter. Now this is a time I hadn't expected to declutter my life. This is not something that I wanted, but it really has, just realizing that it's first season has made a big difference. So today's guest is Kathy Lip, and you may have heard of her for the Clutter Free Academy. She has a wonderful website and podcast, a book called Clutter Free, in addition to some other wonderful books, and Kathy will be talking about all those things. But what I love in this interview with Kathy is her reminder that there is freedom in decluttering. Sometimes it's our desk that needs to be decluttered. Sometimes it's our schedule. Sometimes it's our relationships. Yes, you may be surprised when Kathy and I talk about the need sometimes to cut people from our lives, even if it's for a season. 
But the goal of decluttering isn't simply to have less or to do less. There's actually freedom in focusing on what God has for us in this time, in this season of our lives. So I hope you will be encouraged. Here's my interview with Kathy. Well, welcome, Kathy. It's so great to have you here on Walk It Out. Tricia, I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always fun to talk to you, and you're always just a bright spot of sunshine in my life and on Facebook and all the fun places that I'm able to connect with you. What a nice thing to say. Thank you so much. I do. I really do enjoy my life. So, yeah, there's hard stuff, but uh, I, I tend to have a lot of fun along the way. Absolutely. Now, for those who may not know very much about you, can you just um, spend a minute and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, uh, I, Kathy Lip, married to Roger Lip. That's probably it, – it's so funny. People who don't know me say, I know two things about you. You've written a lot of books, and you really love your husband. I'm like, you know, <laughs> if that's – that's all you know. That pretty much sums it up. Uh, Roger and I are a blended family. Uh, we got married 12 years ago, and uh, so we have a 30-year-old, a 28, 27, and 25-year-old, and we live in San Jose, California. Roger is a techie geek, and I um, I write books, uh, prescriptive nonfiction, which just means I like to boss people around, apparently, and uh, it, my my passion is about getting stuff out of your life is keeping you from doing what God has intended you to do. So uh, one of my most popular books is called Overwhelmed, and then I also have Clutter Free, where people are like, oh, are you talking about clutter in your heart? And I'm like, no, we're talking about your actual junk, the stuff in your life that keeps you tired and depressed and keeps you from doing what God has called you to do. Which is exactly like, I think at the beginning now of the new year, this is what everyone is, is really like, oh my goodness, we've gone through all the Christmas stuff and holiday yeah. stuff, but there's now we're like looking at these piles everywhere. Um, yeah, and Trisha, do you remember, like, as kids, I don't remember my mom being overwhelmed by that. Like, I don't remember it being a thing in the new year where everybody wanted to declutter, and now it really is. Right. I don't even remember. I mean, I remember staying up late, maybe watching a movie, but I don't remember even the New Year's resolutions or it was just like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a very different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So before, and we're definitely going to get into some of that, but I know that each of these messages that we have come from a place in our heart, in our life. I mean, there's a reason why you're writing about all these things. Could you just tell us a little bit about your personal story and maybe some of the things that you've overcome that now lead you to write these type of books? Yeah. I. So for Clutter Free especially, uh, I grew up with a hoarder. Uh, my dad, my mom was not a hoarder. She was the, the one stemming the tide of all the stuff. But my dad was a classic hoarder. And people always say, oh, like the ones on, on TV. And I'm like, I've actually never watched that show because it's too hard for me to watch. Mm. Uh, I remember we had a garage that it only had two paths. It had a path to my dad's desk in the garage and a path to the mailbox, which was inside the garage. But you couldn't get anywhere else. And one of the traumatizing moments in my life is when I was an adult and helped my parents move. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it would be easier really, and I don't say this lightly, especially with all the fires that have happened in California in 2017, uh, but it would have been easier to just rebuild the house. Mm. Uh, that's how that's how bad it was. And so 
uh, I look at how often that stuff was a stop to my parents living the life they wanted, and I could see it happening in me as well. You know, it's like, would we move to take another job? Well, no, because moving would be such a hassle. And I didn't want to live like that. And so that was the physical stuff, but then also just being overwhelmed all the time. And I came to realize, one, that 80% of people say they deal with clutter, and I'm guessing the, the same number would say that they're overwhelmed by circumstances in their lives. And here's the thing, Tricia, I don't have, like, huge medical issues. I don't have a child with disability. I haven't, you know, I'm not fostering kids. I don't have medical disability, but I'm still overwhelmed all the time. Right. And so what I came to realize is that I was I was using overwhelmed as an acceptable life level to live at, and I had to realize it couldn't be anymore for my own sanity and the sanity of my family. Hmm. So where do you think it has to start? I mean, I know I'm I'm staring at my desk right now, which there's piles of stuff, and of course. you know my excuse is like I have seven kids in the house and all the stuff, but yeah. but it's still once I get it cleared out, there's more piles. So do you think? I mean, where does it start? Does it start in the heart first? Does it start with goals? Where does it start for us to start looking at our lives and and looking at the clutter and making decisions about it? Yeah, you know, I think. For most of us, not everybody, but I think for most of us, it does have to be a heart decision. And what I mean by that is this, that we have to decide what's important enough to us to get out from all the clutter. And when I think about, uh, you know, wanting to take care uh, of my family or taking care of maybe aging parents, wh- why am I holding on to all this stuff? And I think that understanding, one, first understanding what is your purpose, and two, understanding why this stuff is holding you back, and then three, starting to recognize what this clutter or this overwhelm is. And I really believe it's one of three things. It's either fear, guilt, or shame. Mm. Fear, hey, I might need this someday, so I'm going to hold on to it. Um, Guilt, I spent so much money on it. Or, excuse me, guilt is more of like... um, you know, my my grandmother gave this to me um, or, you know, somebody gave this to me and it's precious to me. And then the shame is more about the money. What have I spent on it? And so when we look at it in that light, we realize we're holding on to stuff out of bad emotions. I would rather be prepared than hold things out of fear. So I would rather say, okay, you know what? Maybe we do need this amount of food here because we look at the tragedies that have happened in the past year with um, flooding and fires and uh, all the things that are happening, and I think it is good to be prepared. We do want to keep things in case of a problem, but we don't want to be stockpiling on rubber bands because maybe someday I'll need a bag of rubber bands. Well, most likely you'll probably not. And then, you know, for me, I'm sure it's the same for you, Trisha, books. No, I'll read that. <laughs> you must be like looking over my shoulder right now because oh. my room is there. I mean, I have bookshelves with double, triple stack books everywhere. It's crazy, right? So here's how I had to how I had to speak to myself to get rid of the books because I was holding on to them out of fear. And I'm not saying this about anybody else, but just for me, selfishness. Mm. Like, okay, I, I don't want to have to pay for that again. So here's the thing. I look at the 50 books that 
I'm not reading. And it's like, okay, am I ever going to read those? Well, maybe if I get into a place where we lose power and I can't <laughs> no. do anything else. But what's the likelihood of that? So what I had to do was say, okay, I'm going to give away these 50 books because I think it's selfish of me to keep them and not read them. Somebody else who is having a tougher financial struggle could really be blessed by this book, but it's doing nobody any good sitting on my shelf. So if I give away 50 books and I have to rebuy one of those books, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, and it gives me freedom so that if something does happen in my house or I want to, you know, pick up and move, I am not being laden down by at one point I had 12 bookshelves. It was a little out of control. I might have 12 bookshelves. I don't know. Yeah. We <laughs> I don't have know. bookshelves in the bathroom. That's oh my not goodness. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, and this reminds me of um, that. There's that Bible story that talks about the man. It was a parable that Jesus told how he had the barn and then he tore down the barn to build a bigger barn. And the God saying, you fool, your soul's required of you. How we are so focused on the collecting of things that we aren't focused on our eternal souls or or other people's souls. Um, Because it's just building and collecting and filling with all these things. And I am not against stuff. I mean, I am, I, I would not say I'm a minimalist. I, I, there are things I like, but it's clutter when you don't use it, you don't love it, and you wouldn't buy it again. Mm. And if that's the circumstance with that book, then it's clutter. All it's doing is hanging around and weighing you down. And that's exactly what, you know, the storehouse is about. Why do we keep just building bigger barns? Why do we need bigger houses? Why do we need storage units in order to hold all this stuff that maybe someday we might want to have again? It just makes no sense. And when you start to get rid of stuff, you become much pickier about what you bring into your own house. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm thinking, too, I know a lot of my books. I have so many friends, and I know they work so hard on their books. And so, you know, just, of course, I buy their books, and then I have their books. But then I'm thinking, I'm sure they would love it if I said, wow, there was a young mom, and she was really struggling, so I gave her your book. They would probably love that. (laughs) That's exactly what I do. I try, you know, if I read it, then I pass it on to somebody else. Or sometimes my friend has written a book that has nothing to do with my current state of life. Right. You know, it's like how to raise toddlers. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'd rather, (laughs) like, put nails in my eyes than have to think about toddlers again. But I'll buy it and give it to somebody. Or I'll do a promotion on my blog because everybody has a blog these days. Or on Facebook and say, hey, who would like this? And it makes all the difference in the world because somebody else who desperately needs it is going to be able to see it. Mm, I love that. Now, you know, we're talking about all these things that we collect. And spiritually, I mean, don't you think um, that we hold on to maybe emotions and all the the hard stuff um, and, and have clutter in our hearts, too, that is even harder sometimes to get rid of? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Trisha, in my book, Overwhelmed, I talk about um, taking a year off from one of my family members. Mm. Uh, And it sounds horrible. But you know what? Every time I saw this person, they were mean to me. 
they were um, judgmental. I think I think what really was happening is in some ways they were jealous of some of the things that were going on in my life. I have a you know great marriage. I've got great kids. This kind of thing, and so I. I was hanging on to resentment, and every time I saw this person, it made me angry. And I would love to say that I am just St. Kathy, and I can rise (laughs) above it and just be gracious to them. But I needed some perspective as well, so I took a year off. I said, I am not going to allow myself to be in a place with this person. And so it was actually nine months, and then we were at the same celebration for somebody that we both love. But in that time, I was able to see, hey, um, I was holding some resentment towards them. Uh, B, they had not changed. They were still ugly in their behavior and stuff. But this time I realized it wasn't about me. And Mm -hmm. I really needed that time to process and pray and take a look at what God was speaking to me about our family and about this situation. And I came in able to handle it and have better boundaries with this person. And so as much as I would just love to say, pray it all away, for me, I needed a physical separation in order to make that happen. It was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, and I think it's so important because we all have those people in our lives. And for me, I have some family members that I just feel like I just can't make them happy. You know, no matter what I do, no matter what I give, they're going to complain about something. And it has helped me, too, just to back away um, and and just realize that they are an unhappy person. (laughs) It's not about me. And there's nothing that I can do um, to please them or to get approval for them because it's just not going to happen. Um, And and it's actually been a good example for my kids because every day in their lives they are going to have someone that's going to be mean to them and say rude things and we could say you know what because those words are coming out of that person's mouth just think you know they must be unhappy about something in their hearts and just help my kids to see that it's not about them um that if this person is mean to every kid on the block or the neighborhood that there's something probably going on with that kid and we could pray for that um that child but i think it is a good example to put those boundaries up in our relationships and then i love how you talked about giving space to kind of clean up that clutter and the resentment that you have um in your heart and i think god's okay with that and you know, I, I know we're supposed to love right. others and, and care for others, but we can do it from afar and not get so right. personally involved with them. Yeah, you know, there are people I choose to have in my life, and there are people who are difficult that I choose to have in my life because they are struggling. They are trying to make improvements in their lives. They're trying to get closer to God. And that's somebody that I can have an impact on. But then there are other people who they just love their ministry. Mm -hmm. Like it's this warm blanket that keeps them toasty at night. And I do have a couple of people in my life that are like that, that I choose to keep in my life because I feel like I, when I talk about God, they do listen. And so I will choose to stay with them. But then there are some people in our lives that, If we say yes to them a hundred times, it's never going to make them love us more. But there are also people in my life that I can say no to a hundred times, and it's not going to make them love me any less. Right. And so where do I need to put most of my time and effort? I, I think that we need to be around people who call us to a better life and call us to good boundaries so that we are healthy enough to be able to be with those other people that God has called us to, to minister to. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. And this is so encouraging too. You know, we've adopted seven kids and now some of them are getting up the age where, you know, one of our daughters almost 18. So we said, you know, when you're 18, you can um, seek out family members if that's what you wish. I mean, you're 18, you're an adult. But we were even talking about now these same things, these same conversations of um, what type of boundaries are you going to set up. I got the book for her, Boundaries in, in Family and yeah. Relationships. And it's, it's so important to protect our heart um, because if yes. it's been hurt, if we have this hurt and bruised heart and we keep handing it over to people over and over again, it does us no good. Um Yes, and, you know, the only people who are going to accuse us of being selfish um, as we protect our hearts are the people who want something from us who don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. And so there will be people who will attack and say, you're selfish, you should be doing more, you should love more, you should um, be above all this. But there are people, and I'm one of them, you are one of them, that have to protect our hearts. And it doesn't mean that we don't have conflict in our lives. It just means that, you know, I, I'm going to be careful who I let in. I, I have to be because uh, there are people who will take advantage without any second thought, without a glance back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Now, you know, so many times um, when we go to God's word, um, you know, we have those moments where we think, okay, God, you're asking me to do this. <laughs> Maybe it is uh, stepping back from a relationship from a time when we're sitting there. We feel God's whispering that. Maybe it's stepping towards someone in a relationship. Has there ever been something in your walk with God that really you sat down with God's word and you knew what he was asking you to do, but you thought, Lord, I'm going to need your help to do this one. Yeah, so I I think about, uh, you know, temptation is a big, big area of my Mm -hmm. life. Um, I I think about how often uh, God's, you know, I'm tempted to do things because it's easier. Um, I'm tempted to do things because it's more pleasurable. Uh, and, you know, there there's a set of verses, and I'm trying to think of exactly where they're at right now. I've memorized the verse. I'm always bad at the address. But um, there is no temptation taken you, but such is is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted beyond that which you are able, but will, with the temptation, provide a means of escape so that you may be able to endure it. And um, I'm I'm gonna see if I can look that up right now. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll we'll find it and okay, stick it good, in there. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, me trying to Google and this at the same time. <laughs> me too. I'm just focused but, on your conversation. I'm, I don't have time to look it up. <laughs> but Trisha, you know what? The best part of that is that doesn't say you have to stand firm. You have to stand in, you know, you, you have to be tough, tough, tough in order to stand against this temptation. No, he says, I'll provide a means of escape so that you mm. can endure it. You know, God knows that we are wrecked. He knows that we are broken. He knows that we are not always as strong as we need to be, but that he will provide a means of escape so that we can endure it. We don't have to stand and fight all the time. Sometimes we can just hide in the arms of God and say, I can't do this. I can't do it on my own. I need a way to escape. And he provides that for us. 
I love that so much. And that just really speaks to me this week. Um, has been especially hard. My grandma lives with us and she's 88 and she's had a lot of health issues. And, um, I have five kids in therapy. So I'm taking to them, them yeah. to appointments all the time. And yesterday yeah. it came to the point where like, God, I can't do this. My, I couldn't leave my grandma because I had to end up taking her to the doctor. And, um, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Lord, I need your help. And I, you know, I could have kept plowing through and trying to do it all. Um, but I just said, I can't do it. So I called the therapy office and said, I'm not going to be able to bring these kids into therapy. And they said, well, what if we come to you? And I'm like, really? Would you? So these two wonderful therapists left the office, came, worked with my kids, and they even were there. So I was able to take grandma to the doctor. And I'm like, God, you were so good. If I would have pushed through, I mean, I probably somehow could have managed to get the kids to therapy and maybe get to grandma to the doctor and been completely overwhelmed, exhausted, cranky with everyone, but because I was able to say, God, I just need help. And I think the temptation for me sometimes is trying to do it all and not asking for help or trying to do it all and not being willing to say, this is something I just can't accomplish. Um, So that's a huge temptation and just humbling myself and saying, I can't do it. (laughs) I can't do it all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, look at that as a means of escape. I love that. And, yeah, we don't want to inconvenience anybody, but what we come to understand is we also, as much as we want to be the givers, we want to be the givers. Sometimes a way to give is to say, I need help, and let people have an easy way in, entering into helping and supporting you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, being able to say, because I think, you know, to me, I'm like, okay, she has seven adopted kids. She's taking care of her aged grandmother. She writes all these books. She speaks. She does a podcast. She's invincible. I can't <laughs> be like Trisha. And for you to say, no, it's hard, and I can't always do it, and it's a delicate balance, and one thing goes out the window, and everything goes out the window. And to hear you say, yeah, I needed help, and people helped me, it makes me feel like, okay, she is human, and we are all human, and maybe this whole thing could work. Right. Yeah, and we do need each other, and we do need to um, let other people know about our weaknesses and where we need help. And so maybe, I mean, we talked about the clutter. Maybe it's just calling up a friend. I mean, we're starting the new year. We're talking about humbling ourselves. We're talking about the clutter. Maybe it's like, would you come over and just help me go through my bookshelf or go through my pantry or go through my closet? Um, You know, invite your, if you have a teen or adult child, have them help you go through your closet. They'll be be really helpful, like mom, really. You've had that since 1989. (laughs) You do not need. Those look like dad jeans and you're a mom. (laughs) That's even worse. Yeah. So I think that would be a great way to um, start the new year, inviting someone in, which takes both humility and it takes, uh, it will get someone else helping you. um, Because I think all of us do need that perspective. Now, I know you travel. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's those little things that say I should be able to do this myself that keep us from God's will. I've seen mm. it happen over and over with clutter, with work, with kids, with the marriages. It's those little things that say I should be able to do this myself that messes up the most. Mm, yeah. 
That's so good. Now, I know you travel and speak a lot. Um, and just, it's so fun to be able to be at some of the same conferences and get a hug yes. from you before. I know. As we're running down the halls going to our next speaking gig, yes. Yes. And I think it's so interesting that no matter where we are around the country, there's some of kind of the same issues that people are going with. So after you give a talk, what are some of the things that people come and just really um, maybe want more help with or just are so encouraged by something that you shared? Yeah, well, I think one of the things that people really struggle with is not just their clutter, but their parents' clutter. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot tell you how many people are paying rent on storage units because both their parents passed away or their aunt passed away or their grandmother passed away, and they don't know the stories behind the stuff. And so instead of dealing with it, they just keep paying to store it when probably there's only a dozen things in there that they really want or need. But, you know, it's there's so much guilt and emotion tied up with our stuff. So I, I would say that's the overwhelming – whenever I talk about overwhelmed or clutter-free, that's the thing that people talk to me a lot about. And then the other thing is just being given permission to say, I don't have to do as much as the person sitting next to me. God's designed me for a different capacity. We talk about capacity a lot. And um, I use plates. You know, some of us have a demitasse saucer. Some of us have a salad plate. Some of us have a dinner plate. And some of us are lugging around a turkey platter. And I feel like I'm probably a, a generous-sized dinner plate. But, you know, I look at the turkey platter people and think, you know, well, how dare you? You're just trying to shame me with all your <laughs> And then I look at somebody with a salad plate, and I'm like, well, why aren't you doing more to help with the, you know, we get so judgy. And when we understand that God has designed us with different capacities, it, it gives us some freedom to not have to be everything to everybody all the time. And it gives those high-capacity people freedom to say, this is how God made me, and I like a little chaos, and that's okay, and uh, to let them be who God created them to be. That is such a good word. And I think it also can change during seasons because when Absolutely. you know I had three kids and then they got to be teens and uh, before we adopted, I mean, I was getting the turkey plate size. <laughs> we were able to yeah. do a lot there. And that's where a lot of my books got produced during that time. Um, and now yeah. it's so funny. We have moved to paper plates because my kids break every plate we have. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they are, they just slam around. So mine right now, I think within this season, I have a paper plate and I can't add much more on it. <laughs> you know, we have the kids. Oh. I have my little writing time. Uh, you know, my my podcast is like, you know, an hour a week, so I'm able to put that. But it's a paper plate. If you put anything heavier, it's going to bend. It's going to fold. Nothing's going to hold it's up. It's all going to come crashing down, and it's a bigger mess. And so you have to know your ability to take care of stuff. Absolutely. And to say, you know what, as much as I would love to, I can't in this season of my life. Mm -hmm. Who can argue with that? I right. mean, people will try, but they don't get to. I found people are more gracious, I think, than I expect them to be. I, I expect yes. them to be like, oh, no, try to talk me into something. I'll, I'll just say, you know, I'm only speaking three times this year and my dates are full. They're like, okay, well, maybe next year. You know? I mean, people really are more gracious, I think, because they do yeah. understand. Um, and yep, they, they, they feel the same pressure, too. And I've, I've really yep. never had someone come back and be angry because they understand. And so I think when we're willing to get those things off our plates, um, we when we have more space everything works better yep absolutely 
Well, friend, I just appreciate you so much. But before we go, I would love to hear what you're working on now and what we can look forward to. Yeah, it's it, that's such a great question. I have taken a season of just saying I don't want to work on another book unless, like, I can't not write it. Mm. So I'm playing with some stuff right now, but what I've really been working on is we have an arm of our, our ministry called Communicator Academy, and it's helping others become speakers and communicators and uh, the messengers that God has created them to be. Because I really feel like, yeah, I, I feel like I have a life-changing message for people, but I think I'm better served helping others share their life-changing message. So if we have, you know, a 100 people out there running around with their life-changing message, that's what really excites me. So we had the Leverage Conference, which is a speaker's conference, and um, that's what we've really been pouring ourselves into. And I look forward to writing a book in 2018, and I'm still trying to decide. I, I think I know what it is. Um, it's about being prepared for when bad times come. Mm-hmm. But uh, in with with hope, being prepared with hope. So um, I haven't, I don't have a contract on it. I haven't even talked to publishers about it yet, but I think that's where my heart is leaning. Mm, I love that. I love that you're taking time to figure that out, not just saying, okay, I need another contract and rushing to that. Right. Um, but I also love what you're doing with the leverage conference and pouring into other people. Um, Cause I think, I think people are surprised, especially in the Christian community, how much we do love to help and support each other. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm going to help my friend. I'm going to look at her proposal for a book or I'm yeah. going to endorse her. Or you're teaching people to speak more effectively and be able to share their message because I, I think we both agree there's a place at the table for everybody. Like there's room. Absolutely. And the more people would get out there sharing the good news, what a huge difference. So I just appreciate that, you know, you and Roger are just are doing that and really pouring into people. Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you, Trisha. Really yeah. Does. And then another thing that I really appreciate you is just how you love and encourage your friends. Um, you know, even from a distance on Facebook, um, you're, I could just see that you're just a cheerleader. I know Michelle Cachette is a, a mutual friend of both of us and yeah. I was able to travel to South Africa, um, last year with her right. and just yes. hear, I mean, I just know you've just loved and supported her. So that's just another thing I want to tell you how much I appreciate you that you do care about people and it makes a huge difference and it is seen um you know even b- from afar on facebook posts that your love and care for people really is, is seen and known well i'm glad you said that after i told you i've cut somebody out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> no i think that just validates that you know it's not yes. like you're just doing it flippantly i mean there is purpose yes. behind it yes thank you so much for that encouragement i love what you're doing here and i love walking out so Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Absolutely. And just the last thing is, where can people find you if they want to connect with you online? Uh, my home is at kathylip.com. That's K-A-T-H-I-L-I-P-P.com. But, you know, I get all up in, in Facebook. So you can just find me at Kathy Lip on Facebook, too. We have but- a lot of fun. Friend, I hope you're inspired by Kathy and what she had to share. She is such an encouragement. I've been blessed to know her for many years. And every time I talk to her, I'm just encouraged and inspired. And I love her slogan on her website, less clutter, more life. I don't know about you, but that sounds wonderful to me. Now, in the show notes, I have more information about Kathy. 
um, on Facebook. She actually has a Facebook group, Clutter Free Academy, where you can join and be joined with other like-minded people who want to bring uh, less clutter in their lives. She also has a clutter-free podcast. If you go to kathylip.com um, and you can look under her episodes for her podcast, her new one is Instant Pot Clutter-Free Kitchen. And I am in love with my Instant Pot. Um, so one of my favorite new things, so I'm excited about some of the recipes that Kathy has shared there. Also, Kathy has a clutter-free e-course, and you can find out more information again on her website, which is kathylip.com. So be sure to check out all of these wonderful resources. Also, I wanted to share this week's Walk It Out scripture, which is Ephesians 4, 6. And that scripture says, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Okay, I'm just going to read that again because I think I need that for this season of my life. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. This is one of my favorite verses and it brought such freedom when I discovered it so many years ago. I felt like this light bulb moment as I was sitting there reading my Bible um, and God really just spoke to my heart. It really transformed my life and I realized that I don't have to do it all. In fact, God was encouraging me during that season and even during my current season to have peace and not try to do it all. Um, similar to what Kathy shared, my life changed when I obeyed God's calling and just started creating a white space in my life. I had to make room for God before he was really able to show up. If we're, our lives are so full and busy and full of clutter and full of chasing after the wind because we have so many things and we really don't have time for God to work in our lives. But what does this mean, creating white space? I talk a lot about it in my uh, book, Walk It Out. There's a whole chapter on creating white space and how God just really helped me to clear a lot of clutter out of my life before I was able to step out and do these amazing things that he called me to. Um, which included writing books and adopting kids, going on mission trips, all that was only able to happen because I was able to create white space in my life. And so in Walk It Out, they actually have uh, more information about what it means to create white space and then a step-by-step -step process of how you could do that too. Also, I'm excited to share that on Bible.com, there's a free reading plan and it's a four-day reading plan that goes into how to create white space. So they actually took it from my book, Walk It Out, and it's a four-day plan that you could do on your phone. You could either do it through the YouVersion Bible app or through your computer at Bible.com. And I'll include the, the link to that also in the show notes, or you could just go into the YouVersion Bible and search for Trisha Goyer or Creating White Space. Um, my prayer is that Kathy's message and this Walk It Out Bible reading plan will help you find tranquility and peace with one handful that God's given you. No chasing after the winds, friends. My prayer also is that this year will be one of peace for you, knowing that you're doing exactly what God is calling to you in this season, even if it doesn't look like what's expected. And the truth is, it never looks like what we expect, does it? There's always challenges that come up. There's always joys that come up. There's always hard stuff and good stuff. It never looks like we expect. So really, our eyes need to be focused on Jesus um, because he's the only one that knows what our future holds. And when we focus on him, we don't have to worry about all those things. As always, you can find out more information about me on my website, which is just trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A. 
G-O-Y-E-R.com. And then you can find me on social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, under Trisha Goyard. I love to connect with you, so be sure to just drop me a note. Say you listen to this podcast. Maybe share a tip on how you became clutter-free or maybe a prayer request of something that you want to, um, a way that you want to be clutter-free in your life. As I mentioned before, every week, I'm going to read an iTunes review, so be sure to get some reviews over at iTunes. If I read your review, then um, I will send you a free book. So if I read your review, then you can just email my assistant, Amy, at trishagoyer.com, and I'll get a book sent over to you. So today's review is from Rebecca Hargraves, and Rebecca said, Trisha is such an inspiration to me. I loved her book, Walk It Out, so I was excited to hear that she'd be starting a podcast. I know it's going to be a favorite, so Rebecca, I hope it is. I hope it has become a favorite for you. And if you don't know, um, Rebecca is kind of an online friend of mine, and she interviewed me for her own podcast, which is called The Home and Hearth Podcast, and I'm episode 22, so I put the link again in the show notes, and you can listen to me um, talking with Rebecca, and we had a great time talking about um, putting feet to our faith, and so I would love for you to listen over there, too. Finally, friends, I'd really appreciate if you tell your friends about this podcast and encourage them to listen. As you know, this podcast is sponsored by my book, Walk It Out, which is published by the wonderful publishing company, David C. Cook. Now, David C. Cook is a nonprofit publisher, and they're spreading God's word in over 100 countries. So be sure to check out David C. Cook and my book, Walk It Out. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I pray that your week will be blessed. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.